males are born, men are built. This is the Great Man Podcast, where we want you to build great men as you allow other men to build you. Join New York Times best-selling author Stephen Mansfield, along with seasoned leaders of men, Anthony Flemons and J.T. McCrow, as we bring a wide range of experience and expertise to help you become the great man you are designed to be. With you this week are Anthony Flemons and J.T. McCrow. Gentlemen, let us begin. You love saying that, don't you? I do. I do. I feel connected to Steven when I do that, man. Well, today, man, 4th of July, bro. It's right on us, man. If you're listening to us today, man, thank you. It's a busy, it's a fun day. Yeah. I posted this past weekend that I think my post was, some of you guys don't realize that this is your last weekend with 10 fingers. Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be strange. Some people going to be lighting some fireworks and it's not going to turn out good for them. Now, do y'all do do it yourself or do you go somewhere and let them do it? Uh, So we've done it both both ways. So typically we go, our little town of Franklin does a great job of fireworks. It's not anything like Nashville. You know, Nashville, believe it or not, is in the top three every year. For cities, I mean, that includes New York, Chicago, all yeah. these. Man, they go all out for And it's fire. number one this year. Is it number one this year? Yeah. Wow. Number one. It's pretty crazy. I, I think it was 50-something grand worth of fireworks, or I may have that wrong. It may be 500, but that's, you, you get the point. Yeah, that's a pretty insane. Yeah. Uh, but Steven's been doing this, so just as a reminder, man, we're, we are attempting – to do some great things in the next years to come. And as in everything, it's going to take finances. And man, we would just love for you guys to partner with us in our mission to build great men, uh, including yourself. If you're listening to this, we have a lot of uh, things coming up, a lot of things that we are are talking about, uh, retreats, uh, resources, conferences, all kinds of things uh, in the next coming years that we would really love you to, uh, to partner with us in that. So if you just go to the website, greatman.tv, you'll see up in the right-hand corner, I think it's a contribution button or donate button or partner with us button or some kind of button. So uh, do that for us. And again, follow us on socials. Uh, Help us get the word out of uh, helping us build great men. Yep. So today, uh, Stephen last week talked about uh, impacting your older sons. And I, I was thinking because you don't i mean your son is 23 uh so he is older to some degree yeah and then i have ones that are uh and i have one in his 30s and then i have late 20s so and then i have i have a son that my wife came to our marriage with oh yeah that's right and he is 36 yeah so you i think so i think that we have at least the up until the 30s have some experience uh, and how we go about <laughs> helping father, you know, our older kids who they not necessarily want to be fathered by us at times. So how do we navigate, you know, having an impact, but yet not intruding, you know, into their lives? What have you, any any thoughts as you listen to Stephen? Because I know I have a several, but I want to hit you first. Man, the only thing I think of is I have not been intentional about 
passing those things on. I do think I've done a good job of being in expressing it openly and my mistakes and, and things like that. But I don't know that I've ever just come back. And, and I think that it's probably the age you know, my 23 year old, he's still at home. He's still finishing college. So I'm still hands on and I got a chance to pour into him and and do things like that. But I don't know that I'm actually I actually had a game plan together. And again, like I say each week that these things with uh, Stephen, man, they are very uh, eye opening for me. Yeah. And they cause me to to look at some things that I traditionally don't look at. But I don't know that I have a plan yet, man, to to really breach any of these conversations with them. It made me kind of think back to my own back when 18, let's say 18 to 35 area, because my parents taught me to be extremely independent. And when you and I were talking about this, uh, my buddy Ryan uh, Mickler, he says that, you know, our job as parents is to become obsolete. And, and I. I agree with that. And I think we, uh, part of our jobs as fathers is to raise our kids to know some things where they don't need us all the time as they get older, but yet we can't become absent in their lives because we want them to want us to be there and not a, they have to have us there. And again, that's a, as me even saying that, that seems like a lot of work. However, I look back at my life and I think that my mom and dad, and let's say particularly my dad, he did teach me where I wouldn't need him. I and mean, he taught me a lot of, if, if I really think back, I mean, just working with him, beside him, watching him, he was, he was really, really hands-on, he, he mechanically inclined, could build anything from a home to a motorcycle. No, no kidding. Uh, he did both, but just watching him learning but then, you know, I couldn't wait. When I was 18, I could not wait to go out on my own. And get away from the house. Yeah, but not because I hate my parents. I just want to get away. It's like, no, I just wanted to be independent. Yeah. However, they kind of did become absent in those years. And and it's, again, maybe they were thrilled that I was out. <laughs> and I did have a sister who had some mental challenges that, you know, she was going to live with them probably the rest of their life. Yeah. So I understand, but, you know, as I look back and go, man, there there were months that would go by that I wouldn't even call my mom and dad. And it now it's kind of convicting, you know, what kind <laughs> of selfish, you know, prick was I not to call my parents. But again, going back to they they taught me so much in my earlier years to be independent. Man, I was just I was gung ho and I had a family, I had a child, I had, you know, I had a lot of things, I had my own business. I mean, I had so much stuff going on. Yeah. But yet I look back, go, man, I wish I would have allowed my dad to be more a part of what I was doing because he probably could have saved me some from some stuff. Now you say allowed, so I'm I'm thinking about that. So do you think that you didn't allow him to do that? Or he just it wasn't in him to do it? I don't, I don't think that I gave room for that. Yeah. Uh, and meaning just, I didn't ask. Yeah. Um, I felt like that, by the way, this is prideful. I'm, I'm not saying <laughs> this is the way to think guys, but I did think, man, you know, I got it all together. I can figure it out on my own. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm a problem solver by, by nature. I mean, just give me something hard, man. We'll figure it out together. Right. And we'll yeah. make a decision to move on. And, you know, life becomes so fast paced. So what I'm, I wish I would have made room and by saying that I wish I would have called. Yeah. I wish I would have asked some questions because now later in life, that's something that we're not used to. So it's, it doesn't stop now in the past year, 
four, well, and actually in the past four years, probably talked to my dad more than I have from the time I was 18 to the time I was 50. Jeez, uh, dude. So yeah, I'm, I'm not joking. That's I'm not exaggerating. So the last four years has been a little different where he's told me story and we, we know that story sticks with you more than me. So yeah. he's tell, he has told me several stories along the way uh, that really gave me insight on uh, him and his life and his upbringing and it just really helped me kind of figure out some things. It also confused me a little bit, uh, to be honest, you know, just because you hear these stories and you go, wait a minute, that's so confusing of because I assumed these things and now that's going against what I thought about. I just thought you did that because of this. Mm. But the fact of the matter is I wish I would have invited him into my life more. Now, what that makes me do, having older sons, is I pretty much interject myself into their life. I don't direct them, but I'm make sure that they understand that I'm there if they, if they want or need me. Yeah. You know, just in, here's another one of those moments where we face how drastically different we've been raised, man. So you having a father around and me not having a father around, like it never even dawned on me that that was a possibility Mm. to look back at dad and get advice and all this. And as I grew older, man, I realized that there was a lot of spaces that never got filled in. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think back even now, I don't know that it's been modeled for me to reach back and pour into my son or do these things. And so I don't I don't even know where I stand with this whole thing. I honestly don't, man. Yeah. Well, I think and again, me observing your relationship with your son, I think and and me comparing that to and I know we're not supposed to compare, but sometimes we do compare for good reason. Sure. And if I, if I look back and I compare, you're so far ahead of, even though you didn't have an example, you have a relationship. Yeah. And sometimes we get caught up in what I didn't have and you don't realize, Oh, this relationship I have with my son is pretty cool because he does still ask you things. Y'all still do hang out. Y'all still do uh, have, have good conversation. And even though y'all don't agree with everything, you have the you have the ability to have the civil discourse and, and honest conversation and sit and smoke a cigar together. It's I, it's I think that you I don't think that you give yourself enough credit sure. to say, well, I didn't have an example, therefore I don't know what to do. But in the midst of it, you're doing it. Yeah. You know, and it's funny too, man, that we don't we rarely agree on the big things. Yeah. Like sure. the stuff that that matters. And he's a 23 year old, you know, he's smart and he's, you know, educated and he's got his own special ideas and he's uh attached to a lot of things that I'm not even completely interested in. But the one thing I do know, man, is he'll get to these places and and I'll think that he never ever listens. Yeah. And he'll come back, man, and he'll say something or thank me for something that that happened, I don't know, when he was eight years old or ten years old. And it really makes me understand the power that we have as fathers, whether we accept it or not, man, there's a lot of power that we have as fathers. And and we get to this place where we start to think, is it is it even possible for me to make this impact in his life? Yeah. And and I I question it all the time, but he is faithful and he is uh a very conscientious about coming back and just going, Hey, remember when you said this or pop, you know, you taught me better than that. Or if I'm asking him something about his girlfriend, you always taught me, man, to do this or to do that. And I don't, I don't remember teaching him that, but maybe it was the way that I was living my life. So that's a good thing that I want us to talk about too. Even as we look back and decide, you know, we're going to go and have these ideas and all this stuff that we want to do with our older sons. Like how does the relationship start? 
and how do we pursue it? You know, at this age, like, do we just walk in and start, Hey, let's go to a camping trip. You know, what, what, what are we doing, man, to get there? Great question. I mean, I think it's different for different people, obviously for one guy to walk in and go, Hey, you know, next month, it's getting cool. Let's let's just go camping for a weekend. Yeah. That may be very intriguing to that son because of background. Or it could be, hey, let's let's go dr- grab a cigar together the next week and just kind of hang out for an hour, you know, and not a full weekend, but an hour, you know. I think the point is to make ourselves available and they know that we're available. Yeah. And that they're still super important. And I'll move hell and, and high water to come and and spend time with you. And again, I think for dads listening that have kids that, well, they're doing things completely antithetical to the way that I raised them. And therefore, how do you spend time with a kid that you know how they were raised and yet they're doing the complete opposite? And that's tough, but it's still necessary that they understand that you're there. And I, I see a lot of parents, which I think this is a terrible precedent to set in your life is that when my boy does something that I don't agree with, he's living a way that I, that I just don't agree with. He's making choices that I just would never make. So therefore until he comes into his right mind, I just can't have a relationship with him. That is more prevalent than I, than I wish it were. Yeah. And I think as fathers that you're actually doing a disservice by not being the voice that when he's confused, when he's wanting to know, uh, because again, we all have to live with our choices and it's when the consequences come that we start going, well, maybe that choice wasn't the greatest choice. So who can I talk to about it? Well, if you've pushed yourself away and you're not in the reach of, then they're not going to reach out. Yeah. And so again, I'm learning this as I go is to always be, my kids know that I'm available. They don't have to come to me. I'm not going to be offended if they don't. But man, I'm available. And if they want to chat about something, I'm not going to tell them. I'm not going to direct my kids. And this is one thing that I've learned because I'm I know that I'm a decision maker. I know that I can direct real easy. I'm a you know, I'm I'm a leader in that sense, is to just talk it out, but yet let them make the choice. See, and I'm different. And and this is a it's a flaw for sure. But just not having grown up with the advantage of having a father around. Like I want my son to take full use of me. Mm -hmm. I want him to come to me about everything and all sorts of things and ask me questions about just everything that he can think of that he's confused about. And I don't find that he comes to me as often as I would like. And so that's a problem that I feel like is just, you know, running crazy in our relationship. Now, does he come? Yeah. But there's some things that I've seen happen in his life, you know, job changes or uh, just dealing with uh, bosses that he used to have or anything like that, that I wish that he would come and talk to me about our relationships with girls, how to, you know, go from being, uh, we're just friends to being in a relationship, but all of these things. So I find it like troubling in my head mm-hmm. that he's not coming and getting the full advantage of my wisdom, so to speak, quote unquote, in all of these areas, because I didn't have anybody to go to. I had to go through and just knock my head and pick it up off the street and pick it up off the Cosby show, you know, what it was supposed to look like. And I just want him to come to me and he doesn't do it enough. So I think that you're, so this is a deep need in you that you want fulfilled. Yeah. Because it's interesting because you didn't have a dad you know what is lacking in you that if you would have had a dad, right, 
then you would be better off. So now you're putting that on him Ah. (laughs) saying, okay, you have a dad that you can come to for everything. So why aren't you coming to me for everything? Cause I'm available. I'm wiser than you. you, I got all this stuff. What you you need money. I got that. What, What do you need? Yeah. That's fulfilling something that's inside of you where you've taught him because he did have a good father yeah, man, to be a, way more independent boy, than you. That's a great point, man. That is that is a very good point. And this is where I think dads sell themselves short. Yeah. And again, it's the obsolete but not absent. Mm. Yes, train our kids to be <laughs> obsolete, but we can't be absent. And I think that takes the relationship to a different level hmm. because now it's gone from father-son because I, you know, again, I people have different beliefs about this. I don't, I don't know if I can be a father and a friend at the same time when they're teenagers, because you have to father, you have to, you know, I don't want to be their best buddy. Yeah. Now I want to be like a friend, like come to me if you need to, I'm here to help, but you don't have to come to me because I trust you that you'll make some better decisions than I made. And even if you don't, you'll learn quicker than I did because you have somebody to help guide you. And maybe because I was, you know, I wasn't the greatest father on the planet, but there are things that I did well and there's things I didn't do well. But one thing I hope I did well is you need other people in your life. So hopefully they're surrounding themselves with other people that they can get. And then if, if they're not, then I know at some point that will go away as well because it won't work out the way they think it's going to work out. (laughs) And sometimes that takes months, years in order to look back and go, man, I made a lot of decisions that really suck and I need to change that. I'm going to go talk to dad about, right. I remember, I mean, several times my older sons have called me saying, Hey, I just need your wisdom on this. I mean, that is some of the greatest words and they can't see me because we're on the phone, man. I just sit back and go, God help me have wisdom in this moment. Absolutely, Don't let me lead them crazy astray, you know, but I do love those moments, but I think they've been set up because me as a father, I'm not pushing my kids away just because they live a a life differently than what I think they should live or make different decisions in their life. So I think it's super important not to, not to become absent in their lives as they grow older. So are you, are you going to your son and checking in like Steven was talking about? Like, uh, how's, how's your uh, group of guys around you? Do you have a, a a band of brothers? So the answer to that is I, I don't ask those specific questions because I do know where they're at in their life because I'm there. And, and so I ask more specific things about where they're at. You know, one of them's newly married, you know, so a band of brothers is kind of like, eh, I got my wife at the moment, Yeah, uh, but he, they just started going to a great church. So my, my hope is that he can see my life and go, Hey, you know, I need, I need some friends. He's there. I know they're so focused on business. Uh, a new, you know, they just got married. Let up. Other son, you know, I know that he's he's in a situation where he's he's looking for a job. He's got things that he's you know really concentrating on right now. And he and I probably politically and and the way that our, we live our lives is the different than most. Yeah, which doesn't affect me at all in the sense of I love my son and I want to be with him. So I have to, I have to make my questions around where they're at and cause I don't want to put undue pressure on them because they don't have something that they know they need. Cause I don't really, I'm very, very careful about putting any kind of 
hovering or, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be absent, but I can't be just overbearing and badgering, you know, badgering is not fathering. That's not fathering. It's, it's really, for me, this is my personal, it's me seeing where my kids are at, having conversations around where they're at and pushing them a little bit in a direction that I think would help them the most, but I, I can't push them fully because yeah. I, I want them to really make the decisions and, and live with the the blessing or the consequences. Cause I don't want them blaming me for their decision. So I really want it to be a hundred percent theirs. Although I'll, I'll help guide the rudder a little bit. Yeah. And you know, I have a, a peculiar kind of situation, man, where I have not only the 35 year old uh, living with us, he just recently moved back and uh, is now living with us. I have my 23 year old, living with us. And I have a 17 year old daughter living with us, man. So it's a, it's a one for all in our house, man. I mean, it is uh at any given moment, it could go sideways Yeah, and they, they get along pretty well together. But I do remember one thing, uh, just hitting him by text, because when I spoke to him in face to face, he didn't really hear me, but it was a situation. And you remember this prom time and all this and my daughter, I mean, not prom, but uh homecoming homecoming. Yeah. And she's homecoming queen and she gets this dress and all of a sudden, you know, he's planting in her head. Well, maybe you could have got a different dress and all these kinds of things. And I'm just, you know, weighing on him, man, like, are you going to take her to go and get a different dress? Are you going to go and, you know, seek out these different shoes, but he wants to have an opinion about things, man, that don't really have any consequence for him in his life. Mm. So that was something that I wanted to stop him in his tracks and talk to him about just in general life about is having these opinions just because we can say a thing or just because we want to say a thing, but or because we think a thing, does it really need to be said in this situation? And it, it kind of pushed her off of, you know, being excited about the dress she had and she wanted to go get something else. Subsequently, man, we were able to get past it and she enjoyed it. And then she, her friend saw her in the dress. But things like that, just these small interjections in life, man, where we go, hey, just because you can say a thing, just because you have the right to say a thing, does it give you permission to say it in someone's life? And I'm not sure that it does. And so I do see those moments when I still play a part in his life, man, to be able to push him where I want to go or, or encourage him in something that I see. But those kinds of things, man, I'm just, you know, that's where I'm going. Yeah. It's got to be a little edgy in your home at times to have all those different things going on. And yeah. How, I mean, how do you navigate the, especially the boys? I mean, they're different, come from different backgrounds. He, I know that your other one lived in Colorado for a long time. He just came to, you know, here. Then you have your your son that lives there. Did they get along? Did they fight? Did they, you know, how do you father through that? You know what's funny about that? They get along great, like almost perfectly. But the one thing is, is when they get into it, I kind of sit back and enjoy it, man, because <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's very, you, you it's know, like a boxing match. Let's, well, let's man, this. I'm, I'm just curious, man, if they are able to get out in the world and defend their ideas, defend what it is that they think, defend how they disagree with other people. And to hear them go at it with each other sometimes and sometimes, you know, in a very vocal way. I like knowing that I've prepared them for such a situation, man. Yeah. So that's been good. Uh, but they don't, they don't really not get along. I mean, and they, you know, they're living their separate lives and they have, you know, my son's got a new girlfriend. So he spends a bunch of time with her and they're sitting around the house, 
but they don't really have that many areas of life where they have these big discussions or big disagreements, man. But when they do have them, man, I'm somehow pleased that they are yelling and fussing and trying to hash through it and work it out because, you know, for me, I don't know that. Yeah. So I don't know those situations, but that's, that's, that's enjoyable when I see that. Yeah. I think, uh, no matter where you're at in your fathering, especially with your older, older boys or older men, it's hard to say that because they are older men is there's a couple things that definitely want to make sure that it doesn't matter the stage, right? What's the general areas that we can all say, you know, I need to continue to do this as long as I live. One of those areas is simply to continue to have open communication. Don't shut down. You know, there's nothing worse than having a conversation with somebody. They flip that conversation around the person you're talking to and all of a sudden they make it about them and not about your situation or about what you were just saying. Yeah. It's, it's like, keep the main thing, the main thing, which is what they're going through and what they're feeling and try to guide instead of direct. I remember one time we were being trained when my kids were in high school, we worked at the the local arena, like the hockey games and concerts to, we worked in the concession stand to raise money. It was kind of a fundraiser for the kids. It was kind of fun. And um, when they were training us to work these concession stands, which you've been to the Titans thing. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. And uh, they would say, don't ever point. If somebody asks, you know, Hey, where's the bathroom? Don't point, use your whole hand. It's, it's more like guiding. Pointing is directing. And so you want to guide it's down that way. And I've never forgotten that because I thought it was such a great picture of as my boys get older, I'm not pointing them in a direction that they should go. That's, that's when they were 12 and 13, you know, 10, I would direct them. I wouldn't guide them. They needed to do what I asked. Yeah. Now it's more of a open hand and going, guiding them in a direction that they're asking for. Mm, That's good, man. And just saying, you know, maybe, and I say this quite, maybe you should think about this, you know, and not saying, Hey, you should do this because it's taking away their independence and it'll shut down communication because why would they want to come to me? If I'm just going to tell them, this is what you need to do. Yeah. And I don't talk it through with them. Let them hear them, their own selves talk. Because again, as a coach, going back to my coaching, I just know that they have the answer. Probably they're just looking for somebody to either validate or give them a little encouragement. Yeah. Like we say all the time. I mean, most men do not have a cheerleader in their corner. They have a lot of people telling them what they think about them, but they don't have a lot of cheerleading. And so I think that we just keep that communication open where they will come to you and you can guide them, not direct them. Uh, And this goes, if you're an 85 year old father and you got a 65 year old son and he's, (laughs) <laughs> Still trying to figure some stuff out, right? It's like, you know, that's why I love sitting with older guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, just the way they communicate and talk, they're not telling you anything to do, but man, their stories and what they think is so valuable because they just have a, such a different perspective of life. So the second thing is to really, so open communication is support their independence. This is difficult when their independence is antithetical to what you think. So if their freedom is allowing them to do stuff that you disagree with. Yeah. Is how can I support that, but yet disagree with it at the same time? Hmm. You got to massage that one because there's, I mean, I'm sure there's things that I did. My dad did not agree with. Yeah. 
my boys are going to do things that I do not agree. In fact, I couldn't, I could probably couldn't disagree with it more, you know, but how do I support them as a man, but yet not support their decision? Yeah. And that's curious for me, man. Just even thinking back now with Zay, my son, is these decisions come up, man, that you know that you're not going to agree with. And so he's got a group of friends and they come to me and they're telling me that Zay's thinking about uh, moving out or moving in with his girlfriend. So I'm just, you know, in my head, I'm going, how do I navigate this moment? You know, what is it that I have for him in this moment that's going to help him make the decision that I would hope that he would make? Because there's plenty of ideas, you know, Negatives that I could tell him about living with uh, someone before marriage, but then there's, you know, society that's telling him a hundred, you know, a hundred different things that are great about it, too. Yeah. Honestly, I think that you have really one chance to sit down and say, I'm going to say this one time, not going to badger you about it. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to, but let me just tell you, because I love you as, as a son, let me tell you the downsides, because here's what society does. They never tell you the downside. Yeah. Ever. They always tell you to follow the science. The only time they say that is when it benefits culture, because there's a lot of negatives for people to live together, particularly before they get married. And they don't realize it yet till years down the road. Uh, and I've told you, you've heard me say this. And we're not going to get in, in this big discussion, but it's one thing that I wanted uh, my son to know is like, you know, the one the major thing that it causes is mistrust. And it's like they just scratch their head and go, I don't even understand that. I understand you can't understand it. I've just sat with so many couples that we can pinpoint it back to mistrust, yeah, no commitment, you know, and all that jazz. But I think that as a father, we had those one-time moments. And it's not so I, I can say I told you so when it happens. It's just that because we're building trust. And that's really the third thing I wanted to talk about is we continue to build trust with our kids as they grow older, because, you know, them trusting us as a, as a, you know, look at, look at how trust starts. Trust starts with our boys as we're in the pool and we're telling them to jump. And as a two, three, four year old kid, that's building trust. That's a kid going, can I trust my dad to catch me? Yeah. And when he does jump, and we do catch him, then he doesn't have a problem doing it again at all because he knows we're going to catch him. That type of building trust lasts a lifetime. It just has different scenarios. So I think having tough conversations with them is kind of like saying, jump to me, mm. trust me for a minute. But if you don't, you can stay on, you, you can make your own decision, stay on the ledge. You're just not going to get to enjoy the benefits of trusting dad in this certain situation. But again, we can't take that personally and feel like, well, if they don't listen to me, then they don't love me and they don't like me. No, it's they're just trying to find their independence and make their own decisions. And I think that the supporting them and supporting their independence, supporting their decisions when it goes awry and we're old enough to know this is the crazy thing. I can almost give you the GPS coordinates to where you're going. Now you're not going to believe me, but this is where you're going to end up Yeah, because everybody thinks they're, well, I'm, I'm the one. I'm a one-off. Yeah. That that's not going to, that's not really going to yeah. uh, relate to me. So we all have those, but when it happens, we want, we don't want to shame them so much along the way that they never come to us. Yeah. That we open communication. We support their independence I support you as a man. I may not support your decision, but I support you as my son. Yeah. And that's a part of building trust because we want to be that positive role model. We want to be that 
cheerleader. We want to be that person that, and we may be the only person that they have. They can't go to their friends because they're embarrassed. But if we treat them in such a way as they're making all these decisions, then when the crap hits the fan because of decisions, we'll help them clean it up. You know, and I'm stuck, man, back at the place where I'm, I'm telling you about how I want him to come to me for everything. And, <laughs> and you're telling me, man, and this is beneficial. It's got to be beneficial to somebody out there as well, that we can get so caught up in the new needs that we've had or the needs that are areas in our life that we feel like that we weren't attended to, that we feel like that that same need is present in, in our in our own kids. Yeah. And man, that is that's brilliant that you say that man, because it hits, it hits home for me to make me understand. So it does give me a bit of relief, man, that he's not constantly coming to me and asking me questions, maybe because he's been able to observe it or absorb it from the way that I live my life, man. So that's been great. And hopefully that'll help some guys out there too. Yeah. I think that we uh, probably don't give ourselves enough credit as fathers, uh, maybe because we don't hear it just for being present. Yeah, man, that's a big one. Just being there. Yeah. Even though, again, we I've made my mistakes. I'm not proud of a lot of them, but I never left my kids, so to speak, without a father. Hmm. Now, maybe at times they felt that way, for sure. But, man, I've worked really hard to, I may not do everything right, but being there is, is one thing that I've wanted to make sure and that's probably out of my past because i felt like my dad wasn't there a whole yeah. lot uh, of course now I look back now and go well yeah because he was working trying to make him <laughs> trying to make money for us to, to live and survive so I, I don't have any hardness against my father or whatever yeah. so but just being present just being there in case something happens yeah you know i think it's it's that's much better than not having a father that's not going to be there no matter what. Yeah. And uh, so don't sell yourself short. It's almost like when you get free from something that you just think everybody should be free from this. So, man, you start becoming the evangelist yeah. or whatever that is or a product, you know, man, I shaved and I didn't get bumps. You know, everybody needs to use this. I think that's kind of sometimes your product, what you're thinking is your attitude is, man, does he not know what he has and what I didn't have and he should he should want to do this. Yeah. Are you kidding me? You know, but again, I do I do think it goes back to you just being present. Him feeling like he doesn't he actually doesn't have to do that because you've taught him Man, well good. in certain areas. Yeah, and let him come to the, let our kids come to to us in the areas that they're unsure of. Yeah, uh, the ones that they are pretty sure of. I mean, okay, great. Yeah. Uh, it's when they don't come to us when <laughs> they're about to make a, a catastrophic mistake that we just go, what the heck are you doing? But again, I think as fathers, we, we, for you guys who have younger kids, I mean, I do think that you try to make yourself obsolete as they grow older, but you just don't become absent. And then as older fathers like you and I, it's, it's just the struggle not to become absent because for one, they're not making decisions that we taught them to make. And so you give up. That Yeah, you give up. You just get mad at them. You take it super personal. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe they live a, maybe they live a great distance away and there's just the communication. It's just a phone call or FaceTime. I would say to make it a point, don't wait for your son to reach out to you. I know one friend that every Monday he calls his sons, hmm. period, every Monday. Now, they don't have to even pick up the phone, but he wants them to know that I called. Yeah. And this is my time to call you. 
every week I'm going to check in. And it's not checking in to badger them. or It's just, hey, I love you. If you need anything, what's going on? How was your weekend? I mean, mm. it could last three minutes. It could last 30 minutes. But I think, man, that's a great example of just a dad who knows I need to be present. I cannot be absent. Yeah, it makes me it makes me think about this, too. Like of all the strong ideas that I have that I want to impart to my son, it is possible that there is a portion of those that are bad. Well, I can 100 percent agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just thinking, you know, while I'm while I'm consumed with this need for him to check in and, and, and get my word on some things. It is refreshing to think, man, that he's been raised in such a way that he's making some better decisions than I was. And he does and he doesn't actually need some of the input yeah. that I needed yeah. at that given time. And it's also uh, humbling to say it's possible that he's making this, some decisions in his life that I wouldn't have made. And they're actually better yeah. for his life. Yeah. And listen, for you guys that have older sons, maybe you maybe like Anthony. I mean, you weren't around for your kids like Anthony's dad was. Don't let that stop you from at least starting to reach out, starting to mend that relationship. And it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hell on earth, probably. But you can do that. And they actually need you to be present. They they need you to know that you even care a little bit. Now, they're going to be mad at first. They're going to be angry. They're going to have a lot of things to say. But sit there and take it. It's all true. And start building trust, start having open communication, support them in the smallest of ways so that it grows to a relationship that when you're in your 60s, 70s, and 80s, you can look back and go, man, the first half was just crap. The second half, though, man, I got to spend with my grandkids and my great-grandkids, and I think that's a goal worthy to set ourselves aside and look at our sons and say, how can I be a father to them in this moment in their life? Because that's a part of the art of being a great man. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen, Anthony, or JT to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. There, you'll also find incredible resources to help you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Wise Company production.